morning, I want you to turn to Ephesians, especially Ephesians chapter 4. And while you're turning there, I just want to remind you that we have begun a series called Growing God's Way. Everyone say that. Growing God's Way. Say it again. Growing God's Way. God has a plan and a way and a, and a desire and a plan for your life for you to grow spiritually. In fact, you remember our fourfold calling that we have as a church here? This is our fourfold purpose. Uh, let's try saying it. We're called to get, well, first one, we're called to gather. We're called to grow. That's spiritual growth. Not just numerical growth, but spiritual growth. But let me tell you, growing people do what? They grow people. We're called to gather. We're called to grow. We're called to, and we're called to go. This past week, you gave. Listen carefully. You, you went and you gave. You said, well, did I, I don't, we were your hands extended this past week. And we shared that not only fresh water, but living water with many of the, of the people we interacted with. We've got some Spanish tracks and stuff. I got some little children's tracks. I just love giving those out to the kids and they are just enthralled by them. We start with water pistols and frisbees. That always gets their attention. Uh, and in fact, one of our guys, uh, we were drilling a well by one a school, escuela. It's an escuela. And uh, there was a little brick out, and uh, we could hear the little kids squealing at us, from, and we could see them through the... And I, we were busy, but I looked over, and Ricky, I call him Ricky Bobby. His name's Ricky Rayleigh. Uh, anyway, he had a squirt gun, and he was squirting through there, squirting the kids. And they were squealing and carrying on, and then he started throwing frisbees and and uh, water pistols over the the brick wall and and that's how we start and then they rally around us and then we give I gave them, gave them all little agua bracelets and we gave them the gospel uh, we gave the the adults the gospel so you gave this week think about that we impacted a lot of people this week not only with fresh water but with the living water that only Jesus can give and so that's the call of God we're called to go I went. And in fact, we're putting together a team. If you guys, some of you guys want to go, we'll get you the dates here in a week or two. And you can go. We can all go. We can do things. We're, everyone say, we're called to gather. We're called to grow. We're called to give. And we're called to go. And so we're in the middle of growing God's way. Uh, in fact, our keynote verse is Matthew 5, 48. Matthew 5, don't throw, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's the message. Let's go ahead and read that one. Uh, and just, um, there you go. It, it's okay. But I wanted you to hear just the, the, the King, New King James says, therefore you shall be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Uh, now that's what the New King James says. And the word perfect doesn't mean perfection. It means spiritual growth, becoming full age, uh, complete, uh, grown up. Everyone say grow up. I love the message. So let's read the message. This is our keynote verse for the whole series. Let's read it out loud together. Are you ready? Here we go. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives toward you. That's Matthew 5, 48. Let's read it again. Come on. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. I love that. And uh, it just inspires me. And so uh, Matthew 5, 48, just everybody say it this way. It's time to grow up. 
And so we're talking about growing spiritually. Uh, and, and we, and we really began this series, uh, talking about the right environment. How many of you know, for things to grow, they have to be in the right environment? They really do. And, and so that's where we began last week. We talked about an environment of receptivity, being receptive. And we looked at Matthew 13, uh, which is the parable of the seed and the soils and the sower. And really that's a parable about placing your life and, and we realized last, last week, and if you missed last week, you can go to cotrnorth.com and, and listen, uh, to last week. We talked about that parable and realized what Jesus was saying, that our heart is really where we receive God's word. And, and Peter said, receive the implanted word that you may grow thereby. And so growth, uh, requires the word of God and we've got to put ourselves in an environment of receptivity, get our hearts to a place where we can receive from God. Are you with me? Say amen. And so that was last, I think I got Jim. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. There you go. I got two more of you. Jim just said it louder. I don't think I got the, and, and, somebody say amen. There you go. There you go. I, hey, I'm not going to beg, but I will tell you, I need to hear an amen. Everybody said amen. I know you're with me. And so we're responsible for the environment, our spiritual growth environment. You know, even fish need the right environment, correct? Man, did y'all see what I had for lunch the other day in Mexico? You need to go look. It was fish and shrimp, but that little catfish was curled around in there. I don't think there was much missing from him. In other words, his eyes were there, his his guts were there. There was a lot about him that was still there. Uh, and uh, But I ate him or her, whoever it or she or they may be. Uh, but the fish needs the right environment to grow. Am I, am I right? You can't, you, you can't see a, a, you know, if you were driving down the road and saw a 10 pound catfish waddling down the slithering, that would be odd, right? He's not in the right environment. Uh, and so uh, fish need the right environment. Flowers need the right environment. Even fungus needs the right environment. Are you with me? Uh, and so, so things need the proper environment to grow. And so that's what we're talking about. And we are responsible. You've heard this phrase. Well, he's just a product of his environment. It's really true. But understand something. We choose the environment that we grow up in spiritually. You may not have been able to choose who your mom and daddy were and what side of the tracks you grew up. Up on. You may not be able to choose what school you went to in the early days, but as you become, as some might say, to the age of accountability and you begin to grow up, you then have the responsibility to place yourself as a believer in the right environment so you can grow spiritually. I can't imagine any of us getting to heaven and be able to say, well, Lord, I, I'm sorry I didn't grow spiritually. I just wasn't in the right environment. <laughs> My preacher was, <laughs> my mom and daddy, <laughs> it's just not going to fly with the Lord. And so that's what we're talking about. And uh, this morning, I want to talk to you about the spiritual growth environment of committed community. Everyone say committed community. That's an environment that all of us need. The environment of a committed community. And that's what Ephesians 4 and really all of, gosh, man, all of all of Paul's writings, if you just read them from the slant or from the thought uh, of 
the, the church and the local church and the community and the family of faith. It's all about we and us and, 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 and the family of God. In fact, Paul uses uh, the metaphoric illustration uh, when he talks about the church. Uh, Jesus said, I'll build my church, but Paul tried to help us understand this committed community, and he would talk about the body of Christ. We're going to see that today. He would talk about the building, where not just bricks and mortar, but the church is like a building fitted together. And he also used the family illustration, that, that the church is like a family. And all of that reveals that, hey, he's trying to get us to realize that we need one another. Everybody look at somebody and say, we're better together. Come on. We're better together. Not only are we better together, we can't grow spiritually without one another. And so I want to talk to you about that today and look at Ephesians chapter 4. And I wish I had time to read the entire chapter to you. I'm just going to at this moment read Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. And then we'll jump around through Ephesians, but primarily in Ephesians 4. And this is what he says. And he, that is God himself, gave some... or. Uh, let me just start over. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. There's some leadership. Some call that the fivefold ministry. Uh, he gave this fivefold ministry, uh, some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And what did he give those to us for? For the equipping of the saints. Everyone say, that's me. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of what? Ministry, for the edifying or the building up, or maybe could I just throw in the maturing and the completing of the body of Christ. There's that illustration I was telling you about. Until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. Everyone say perfect man. Now, it's the same word as in, as in Matthew where Jesus said uh, that we should be perfect as he's imperfect, as he is perfect. It's not saying spiritual and mental and emotional perfection. He's talking about spiritual maturity. He says we are all, the body of Christ has come together and the, and the fivefold ministry is here and we all link together so we can grow spiritually. Can we can become the perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so with that in mind, let me show you verse 13, uh, the verse from the message. I love this thing, uh, the message in, in Ephesians 4, 13, until we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other. Man, that's a challenge for some folk. Have you ever met anybody that no matter what, what they do or what you, it, they're just hard to get along with? I know, I hope you're not sitting next to them, but uh, there's some people that it's a challenge to, but Paul said, uh, we, we need to stay at this until we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's son. Catch this, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. I love that. And how many of you know maturity has nothing to do with your age or with with uh, uh, how long you've been a part of the church? He's talking about spiritually mature adults. 
And sadly, there are people who've been in the church for years who are not spiritually mature. Sadly, there are people who are part of the body of Christ that are not growing spiritually. In fact, if you remember Hebrews at chapter 5 and 6, he said this, by this time you ought to be uh, uh, grown up, but you're still babies and I'm still having to feed you milk instead of not solid food and it's time to grow up. Somebody say it. Let's just grow up. Come on, just grow up. Everybody say it. Come on, just grow up. You ever looked at yourself in the mirror and give yourself a talking to it? We ought to do that. Just look at ourselves and say, just come on, grow up a little bit. And that's what we're talking about, spiritual maturity and growing. And we need the environment of the, of the c- committed community to grow spiritually. So with that in mind, I'm just going to give you some bullet points today for you to chew on uh, about, uh, uh, you know, committed community is all about relationship, right? How many of you know Christianity is all about relationship? Christianity is not about obeying rules, even though there's some guidelines and some covenants and some things we've got to follow through. Christianity is about a relationship and primarily a relationship with Jesus Christ. But then we realize it's not just a relationship with Jesus. I I used to sing this song when I was in coffee house back in the early mid-70s. You know, we I had a banjo and a guitar. I couldn't play either any of them very well. And we'd sing these these songs that were born in the Jesus movement. And I don't know who wrote this. They had, they had sad theology. But we would sing it because it sounded good. I probably sang it to you before, but you got to sing it kind of a country flair. Not country, but kind of a... Hillbilly flair, I don't know. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. Me and Jesus got it all worked out. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. Now here's where the theology began to fall about, fall apart. And we don't need anybody to tell us what it's all about. Now that's bad theology. That was pretty good singing, but it was terrible theology. It was then and it is now. But there's a lot of people who would call themselves Christians, who would say they were members of the family of faith, but they they are today unconnected, uncommitted to the community and the family of faith because they think me and Jesus got our own thing going. They have sunken and they have slipped from what the Bible says is necessary for us to grow spiritually. Are you with me? Somebody say amen. So with that in mind, let me just show you some things from Ephesians that I see that are vital necessity. Healthy relation. If we're going to, if we're going to build an environment in our world that involves the committed community and being committed to the community, it requires of us to have a healthy relationship with others in the body of Christ. Somebody say others. In other words, you've got to, you've got to build relationship with others. Some people say, well, the uh, church up there, they're not very friendly. Well, uh, what's your problem? You're not very friendly either. If you're sitting there going, that church up there, they're not very friendly. Uh, and it's important for us to be friendly, but Paul, the apostle is very clear about the necessity of a healthy, good relationship with others. And in fact, Ephesians four, uh, one through three, I'm just going to show you these. These things, there the scriptures are. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you're called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit 
in the bond of peace. What's he saying? We got to get along with each other. We got to have relationship with each other. It's important for us to understand that. Look over in verse 15, what he says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, which is Christ. He's talking about relationship with others and how we communicate with others. Look at verse 25. He says this, therefore putting away lying, let each of us speak truth with his neighbor for we are members of one another. Are you with me? Say amen. And on and on it goes. Look in verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away with you at all malice. And be kind to, everyone say, one another. It just keeps going and going. In fact, if you slipped out of chapter 4 and got into chapter 5 and verse nine, 19, speaking to one another. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your hearts to the Lord. And look in verse 21, submitting to one another. Listen, understand something. Spiritual growth is impossible without a connection and a commitment to the family of faith and building relationships with one another. Some people are afraid of relationship. I don't know why. I, I, I love to hang around people and you say, well, I'm just not that way. I'm not very so, I'm socially awkward. Uh, well, that's what Jesus does. He comes in, and he fixes those things. Okay. And we can, we can step out of our comfort zone and begin to build relationship because spiritual growth, Hey, it demands a healthy relationship with others within the family of faith, within the body of Christ. Say amen. Number two, if we're going to grow spiritually and develop, and, and let me say, we're responsible for the environment of committed community. It requires a healthy relationship, not only with others, but with spiritual leaders in our life. That's what the fivefold ministry was. He said, God gave us the fivefold ministry, the apostles, prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints. Listen, if you don't like people telling you the truth and teaching you, and if you're unteachable, oh, I've met some of those folks. You ever, you ever met anybody that's unteachable? You, you're trying to help them with something and they want to, they just don't want to receive it. They don't want to hear it. it. It doesn't have to be spiritual, but let me, let me tell you something. If you're unteachable, you're going to have a hard time growing spiritually <laughs> because there's some things we need to know there's some people that in our life that God wants to bring in our life some people believe they don't need a pastor and a church and a family and people who not only pray for them but actually have some spiritual authority and cloud in their life who could say to them listen understand something I'm concerned about what's going on in your life and and you need to realize that if you're not if hey listen we all need people in our life who we are accountable to and some of them they call pastor some of them they call teacher. Some of them they call friend. But understand something, there, there should always be people in our life, uh, especially through the ministry of the local church, who are our leaders. Somebody say leaders. People who lead us. And listen, you may be a leader, and all leaders need leaders. I've got leaders in my life. I've got men of accountability in my life. Men who speak the truth into my life and who oversee the governance of my life on some level. Ultimately, I'm responsible to God and I'm not talking about some unhealthy uh, how many of you know only Jesus is Lord but listen he put people in our life to lead us and influence us spiritually and we need a healthy understanding of that and if we ever get awkward or, or ornery and rebellious and think we don't need anybody to tell us what it's all about we are in serious trouble when it comes to spiritual growth and I know I'm preaching to the choir 
this morning. But listen, that's what the Bible is all about. Our responsibility, our relational responsibility with others, with leaders in the church. And number three, uh, it really is it's with the father of the body of Christ. We need a healthy relationship with the father. His name is Abba Father. And oh man, there's a lot there. And, and, and you and I need to understand that God the Father is so important in our life. Listen, one of the biggest issues and problems in the church today and in the world today is people with daddy issues. They have had daddy issues and trouble with physical fathers and, and natural fathers. And so therefore they have a hard time relating to their heavenly father. I know I did. I had a pretty good dad, but I realized I had daddy issues and I was not relating to my heavenly father the way I need to. And if you read through the Ephesians and you, you read through, gosh, even the first part, he just starts talking about the heavenly father and our father. Listen, let me just tell you something. Spiritual growth will always be stunted until you understand that He is your Father. And He'll take care of you as a Father. Help you grow spiritually. Number four, we've got to have a healthy relationship not only with our Heavenly Father, but with the head of the body of Christ. And who is that? His name is Jesus. And verse 13 reveals that in chapter 4. It says this, verse 13, till we come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. He's the head of the body of Christ to a perfect man. Uh, to the measure of the stature, the fullness of what? Christ. And so we've got to have a healthy understanding and relationship with God the Father and as well with God the Son. Uh, in fact, Colossians 2.19 says he is the head of the body. And so he's in charge of the church. He's the head. How many of you know the body is in trouble without a head, right? We need him in our life. He is the reason for our being. And then number, uh, number five, we need a healthy relationship with the Spirit of God, with in the body and there's a lot of passages there in Ephesians and and uh, and and a lot that you and I need to understand but we need here it is we've got to have a healthy relationship with the with with others within the body we've got to have a healthy relationship with our leadership within the body and we've got to have a healthy relationship and understanding of God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit and allow them all to have their way in our life thank God for the spirit of God Thank God for the, the, the love of a heavenly father. Thank God for the authority of the son of God in our life. And so all of those things conspire together. We've got to have a healthy relationship with those in order to grow, develop an environment where we can grow spiritually. Are you with me? So with that in mind, let me just kind of shift gears. I want to talk about our environmental commitment. You know, how many of you don't like litter bugs? You know, in Mexico, I, I'm going to be critical, but they don't have dump trucks and, and uh, trash trucks come by their neighborhood. And so the, the environment is pretty uh, unsanitary at times and the trash everywhere. It grates on me, but that's the culture. Okay. And, and it's just the environment they're in. They don't have a trash truck comes up. They don't have the big green, you know, trash cans you wheel, you know, wheel out. They don't have that. And, and so there's really, a, it's really hard for them to deal with it. And so we get up on a side and it's just trash and junk. And so when we, we bring trash bags and when we 
leave a site. We clean up the site and we try to get them. In fact, one time we were in a school and the schoolyard was, was messy and we had treats for the kids. And so I'm a little cranky and I said, no treats until all the, every time you bring me a piece of trash, I'll give you a treat. Well, they were going around and then I found out they got real uh, entrepreneurial in a minute. They'd put some uh, trash in there. When I wasn't looking, they'd go get a piece out of the trash can and they were recyclers uh, and trying to get more treats. And we cleaned up that whole school. Escuela. I'm, I'm working on the Spanish part. Uh, we cleaned it all up because they didn't understand. Keep your environment clean. You're responsible for your environment. Now, oh, uh, to their uh, uh, man, to balance it out, some of the little women in their homes, you know, their their maybe their floors are dirt, even their front yards are dirt. It's just dirt. They don't have grass like we have grass. But I'm gonna tell you, they will sweep the dirt and they will clean it up. And I love that. And so, uh, hey, we are responsible for our environment. We have an environmental commitment. You know, don't mess with Texas. You've heard that same way with our, with the church. And so I want to talk about our, our environmental commitment. And here's, here's, uh, five, six things I want to show you today about your responsibility for the environment of the committed community. Number one, we should be committed or have a commitment to walk worthy. Everyone say walk worthy. Are you in Ephesians 4 still? I read it a moment ago. Verse 1, he says this, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you. That's a powerful word. It's like beg, command, uh, just that's an authoritative word. I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called. He says, listen, as a part of the committed community to, 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 uh, it, it, be responsible for a healthy environment and build a healthy environment of spiritual growth. You've got to walk worthy of the calling wherewith you are called. Go over to verse 17. He hits it again. He basically says this, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of the heart who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to walk in, to work all uncleanliness with greediness but you have not so learned Christ now he's talking about spiritual growth this is not how you're supposed to do but what does he say if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth that is in Jesus that you put off somebody say put off Put off concerning the former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. What's he saying? We're responsible for the spiritual environment of our life and to walk worthy not only for our sake and our future, but for those who we are around for goodness sake. To be an inspiration and a help. For them to grow spiritually. So, hey, your environmental responsibility is a commitment to walk worthy. Everyone say walk worthy. Number two, it's a commitment to love patiently. You see, that's what we have the responsibility to do within the body of Christ, within the committed community. We walk worthy, not haughty, but worthy. We walk holy and righteous before God, and it, and it releases an environment of spiritual growth and an atmosphere for growth. And then it's a commitment to love patiently. Let's go back to Ephesians 4, 2. It says, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another, in love. Everyone say love patiently. 
Man, what an environment to grow. You want to shut down someone's spiritual growth? Be ornery and ugly to them. And put Jesus at the end of it. Are you, have you ever met anybody who's ornery and ugly in Jesus' name? They were not good representatives of the love. Love patiently. Look, look in verse 15. Look what it says. It says this, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. When we speak, when we love people and really care about people, you know, if you care about people, uh, it'll change the way you deal with people. You'll be patient with people. In fact, impatience is a lack of love. It doesn't mean you just let people trample on you, but you love patiently. Look at these other verses here. Look in verse 32. I think I read it earlier. And be, oh, I love this. Come on. Isn't it amazing that Paul would actually have to just tell us this? You would think we would get this. You would think that when we realize God loved us so much that he died for us, that, that we would be born again. And then that we would just, man, God loved me so much. I want to love everybody else. And Paul had a understanding and a reality about the, the, the family of faith. We got to just get real here. And he says, Hey, be kind to one another. Now, that sounds real spiritual until you put it in the context of you and your family. Josh, have you ever had to say this to your kids? Y'all need to be nice to each other. You're talking, they're all little kids. You need to be, don't hit your sister. You need to be nice with one another. That sounds really immature. You know, you have to say that to your kids. You, you've got to be nice. Brothers are supposed to be nice to each other. Siblings are supposed to be nice to each other. Here's Paul coming along to the church going, y'all got to be nice to each other. What's he saying? You got some growing to do. You got to be kind to one another. Tender hearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God in Christ forgave you so our responsibility to the uh, to the spiritual environment of this uh, the the community of faith is to walk worthy love patiently and number three it's a commitment to connect relationally we've got to be committed that says i'm going to connect with someone how many of you know it's hard to connect when you're not around people it's hard to connect if you just text each other how many of you know a phone call has a way of doing a little more than a text and then, and then how many of you know a face to face does more than a phone call or an email? And so it requires re real relationship with one another. And that's what Paul's talking about. The commitment to connect. Verse three, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Look at the next verse I've got down here. Oh, there's a lot. Uh, but let me just look at verse 16. Look what it says here. It, it says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by which every joint supplies. In other words, everybody has something to offer in order for us to connect relationally. I'll start over from whom the whole body, how many of you know that means everybody? Everybody, not just the pastor, not just the leaders, everybody. Everyone has an equality of responsibility when it comes to relational connection, okay, and relationship building. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. In other words, everybody has something that, that they have a, uh, they have a responsibility over and everyone has something, not just a gift and a grace, but just who you are. You're, aren't you glad we are not all Pastor Sam or all uh, Jim Carter? 
carpenter, our, our job, that we're all unique and different. And we all have something to offer from whom the whole body joined and knit together by which every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in the atmosphere of love. So we have a responsibility to connect relationally. And let me just stop and say, I know, again, I'm preaching to the choir a little bit here, but if you got some relational hiccups that maybe you picked up in a work environment somewhere, maybe you're, maybe you're kind of closed off and boy, you just only let people in so far. And, and there's some wisdom to that, but listen, you can't shut yourself off from relationship from others. You will die spiritually. You will, you will, you will shrivel up spiritually. You'll stop growing spiritually. We got to be open to one another and, and committed to one another and supplying to one another and receiving of one another. We have a commitment, this re- environment that, you know, some people come to church and they test the environment and they go, eh, I don't like that environment. Well, maybe God wants you to help change the environment. Hello. And so our environmental, environmental commitment in the spiritual community of faith is to walk worthy, love patiently, work faith. Oh, I missed work faithfully. I went right straight to connect relationally. Let's go back to work faithfully. Man, there's so much there. Verse 12, uh, y'all were worried about me, weren't you, that I slipped a gear? I got back in gear. I've been in Mexico all week. I've been eating weird stuff. Look what the equipping of the saints is for. For the what? Work of the ministry. Look in verse 15. Is that verse 15? My eyes aren't on. Verse 15. Uh, verse 16. Uh, for the whole body joining it together uh, for the effective working. It's about working faithfully. Look in verse 28, what he says in verse 28, let him who stole steal no more, but rather let, let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has a need. It's about working faithfully and connecting relationally, loving patiently and walking worthy. And then the next one, I hope I can get them all in line here. It's about communicating correctly, the commitment to communicate correctly. Now, this is a biggie. You may not think it is, but how many of you know when you can relationships, listen, I'm going to give this broad stroke here, and then I'm going to give give you some scripture. Relationships can be built or broken by the words we speak. I'm going to say it again. You could tweet that. It's not even in your notes. You could write that down. Relationships are either built or broke by the words we speak. Should I say it again? Relationships are either built or broken by the words we speak. Paul understood that and he knew in order for the environment of, 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 of community to be healthy, he began to address that. He d- addressed it in numbers of ways. Look in verse 15 of chapter 4. He said this, we are to speak the truth in love. Have you ever had anyone speak the truth but it was not in love? Listen, there's a big difference. You can speak the truth, but if it's not in love, it hurts, it wounds, it, it harms. But if you, if you can get the truth and then speak it in love. How many of you know, husbands and wives, if you have to say something uh, to your husband or your spouse that it may not be a, maybe it's a gentle correction. Maybe it's, maybe it's pick up your dirty socks. I'm tired of you. Listen. 
there's ways to say that in there. I, I don't have time to give you illustri- illustrative examples, but there's a way to say, pick up your dirty socks that doesn't just offend the person who you spoke it to, right? Man, I love you and all. In fact, even if you choose not to do this, I understand, but man, I'd love it. I just love it because I love you. If you would pick up those dirty socks. Or you can say, pick up those dirty socks, for goodness sake. You know what I'm talking about. Look, look what Paul said. He said, you speak the truth in love. Look in verse 25. He says this, therefore putting away lying, let us, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Look in verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but that which is, golly, this is, he's talking to the church here. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. That means building up, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Whoo, man, we could go home on that one. In other words, you have the power with your words. Oh my goodness. When you speak to people and when you speak words, it, it motivates them. It moves them. It engages them. It causes them to want to be better about who they are. And it imparts grace into their lives because of the way we talk. Wow. That creates an environment of spiritual health and growth if we learn to speak correctly. Look, in fact, if you went over to verse 30, we, we did 25. Look in verse uh, 29. He says this. He's, oh, I read that one. Then verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you. And if you went over, I love this one. If this doesn't change the environment of the local church, nothing will. Jump out of chapter 4 and go to chapter 5, verse 19. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and, and uh, uh, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. I, man. There's always a thing. Hey, what an environmental change that we'd have if we communicated with people through an atmosphere of praise and worship to God. Speaking correctly, communicating correctly. It changes the environment. We're responsible for our environment. Communicating correctly. And then number six, a commitment to grow steadily. That's what we're talking about this morning, spiritual growth. I'm committed to grow steadily. Verse 12, I've read it, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's spiritual growth and maturity. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect, mature, spiritually grown man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we be no longer children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love that we may grow up. Everybody say grow up. A commitment to grow steadily. You know, sometimes spiritual growth is not seen, but it is known. You know, when a plant first starts growing, it seems like it grows so fast. Then it comes to a point where you wonder, is it growing? Yeah, it's growing. A lot of it's internal. You don't see it. It takes time. We have to be committed to grow steadily because we're responsible, listen, for the spiritual environment, not only of our life, but of the local church. Listen, 
There are times when it's hard for you to walk in here and put a smile on your face. I understand you've been through it. And you need to you need to get into the environment. But listen, there, there are times when you need to realize, man, I'm going to change my environment and I'm going to step into an environment and be a change agent in other people's environment because I have a responsibility to grow and I have a responsibility to change the environment of those I'm around so they can grow spiritually too. Are you with me? Say amen. Let me say a couple of things and we're going to pray. Growing God's way is a group activity. Say that with me. Growing God's way, it's a group activity. It really is. And, and catch this, just like the body needs all parts to be healthy, we need one another to be healthy and grow spiritually. It's really true. Not only are we better together, we, we absolutely need one another to grow spiritually. It's the environment of a committed community. Let's stand together this morning. And let's just ask the Lord to help us not only be receptive to what God is saying to us as we talked about last week, but be, be responsible for our, the spiritual environment, the, the growth environment of the community and the family of faith. That's why the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling together as the manner of some is. Number one, because you have something to offer. Number two, there's something that others are offering to you that if you're not here, you won't receive. Paul said this, so much more as you see that day approaching. In other words, our commitment as Jesus draws nearer, our commitment to God and His church and the spiritual environment must go greater and more connected and more committed than ever before. Let's bow our heads today and pray. Let's ask God to help us change the spiritual environment, not only of our life and our family, but this local church. Father, today we thank You that You, Lord God, have set in play a growth methodology and things grow better when they grow your way. And Lord, today we know that our hearts must be receptive to you and your word. We also know our hearts need to be receptive to the family of faith, to the leaders within the family of faith. We have a responsibility, Lord, to live our lives in such a way that relationships with others becomes the high priority of our life within the local church. Today, I pray that you would draw people from the north, south, east, and west and connect them, not only with this church, but with churches all over America and around the world so they can grow and be spiritually strong, connected and committed to community of faith. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen.